I need I need one. Do we have one minute? I need one I minute. I think we do. Mike, we're we, okay. We have yeah, I just got, I got to point something out. But All Jason, right. Go. Okay. So, fourth quarter yesterday, right? That's what everyone's screaming about, right? Give the ball to, to, to Nick Chubb more in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Which I agree. Like, on the surface, Nick Chubb needs the ball more. We got to get the ball in Nick Chubb's hand. Here's fourth quarter. Nick Chubb, first possession, scores on a 28-yard touchdown. I guess he should have taken three or four carries to score instead of breaking off a 28-yard run. So the first drive ends in a, in a Chubb touchdown run. I don't run. care about that drive. I that's, care about the drives that didn't work. Okay, so that's the, that's the drive where Hunt and Chubb were out there together because Hunt ran a, a fake end around. Right. They hand to Chubb, the yep. 28-yard touchdown. By the touchdown. way, th- when the two of them were on the field yesterday, good things happened. Yes. I counted just, twice uh, they were on the field together. Here's their next drive. Twice. Brissett completion to Harrison Bryant, three yards. Run to Nick Chubb, 10 yards. Run to Nick Chubb, three yards. Reset, short pass, middle, Kareem Hunt. Everybody wants Kareem to get the ball. Kareem gets the ball, 11 yards. So now it's first and 10 at midfield. Reset, incomplete to Amari Cooper. Okay. Throw well. on first down behind the sticks. Kareem Runs don't work now. Second, t- second and 10, Kareem Hunt for four yards. Third down, Reset, incomplete. This is the one that you can pick at. Harrison Bryant, the incompletion of Harrison Bryant on third and six from the 44. Yep. That's the play. That, that but, but the, listen, that is the, that's yeah, one I play. No the rest of that that's one play. Yeah. And now it's fourth and six, and you have to punt. It only takes one play, though, Jay. But, okay, but now here's the last possession. They get the ball back with 228. They have no timeouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't run the ball to Nick Chubb 15 times when you've no. got to get down the field with no. two and a half no, minutes and no can. timeouts. Yeah. But they're in that position because of the previous I, drive. I, I believe they went. That's I, where I they lost. There's, there's, there's one play out of everything I just went through. There's one play that I look at and go, yeah, I don't know about that. Well, I, 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 agree with, I disagree with two plays. Throwing on first and ten. To Amari Cooper. Yeah, I got no problem with it. Well, yeah, to Amari if Cooper. If you yeah. don't get it, now you're behind the sticks, second and ten. But runs are less effective. Generally, they just are. In general, it is smart to throw the ball on first down. With the Browns. Not if you're a run team. Yeah, with the Browns. They were averaging I, I, six yards a carry. I, just, I hear you. I just went through their entire fourth quarter. But I can't call it a terrible play call to throw the ball to Mark Cooper on first down. So where is I, – I, So I, in theory – He wasn't working yesterday and the run was. In theory, I agree with you guys. Nick Chubb needs the ball more. But where in that scenario, on third and six, do you, do you run it to Nick Chubb on third and six instead no, of throw but, it to Harrison Bryant? It's, it's a domino effect. The yes. decision to throw on first, first down, down. – Put Changes you behind, second put you down and third down. It depends on who you're throwing to. If you're throwing to Amari we're Cooper, throwing, I don't we're know. Throwing to Amari Cooper, Cooper being, was Amari blanking Cooper it all day. Being, I didn't see any separation covered. from him. They, they, just, they made a point of it on TV. He wasn't well, going to beat it. They made a point of it. They just put him on the sideline. They just put him on the sideline. No, use him as a decoy and give the ball to what's working. Are we really going to complain about throwing to our best receiver on first Yes, apparently we are because we got to make the point that Nick Chubb needs the ball more. Yeah, I agree with you. Because Nick Chubb was working well and Amari Cooper wasn't. So the game's in the balance, and let's go to what hasn't worked all day. And forget about what has. I agree yeah, with you in theory. But when you look through the play-by-play, the only one that I can really pick at and go, yeah, I don't know here, about that, here. was the Harrison I, I, Bryant. Again, and, and Jason, gee, you have a problem with throwing a Mark Cooper on first in that situation. Go ahead, Mikey. Go ahead, Mikey. To Jason's point, and then I got some PFF yeah. grades I want to read you guys. Okay. Harrison Bryant was open on that third. He down was. He was wide open. And it hit him in the hands. Wide open. I thought it hit him in the hands. He had not. He had not. He did. He had to leave his feet. A good throw there. The sticks move. I, I basically, I know that you say one play, one play. Well, the busted play on defense. One play, games swing on one play all the time. That's the league that we're in now. Sure, but my point is we're going to sit here and scream, oh, my God, Nick Chubb only got 19 carries. Well, he also scored a 28-yard touchdown know, in the fourth quarter. No, but that's like saying, boy, the, the secondary played so well yesterday except that no, one play. But well, show me. But show I'm, me. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. Please, so I can address this. So the totality of it is. Yes, in the fourth quarter, you can say, well, that was only the one thing. But sometimes what you do in the first half puts you behind the skis in the the fourth quarter. When he was on the goal line, (laughs) he ended the ball to the Chubb one time, and he did three straight passes. Well, the holding call they had to. Now, now, now that's the play. And that's the play that you can look at. That's the play. Now, you get seven there. Now, what you up? You go into the locker room. And by the way, on that that hold – because if it works, everyone. It's like the knows pitcher that loses one nothing and gave up a solo home run. No, but pitched but, a great game. But I, I asked Wyatt about that hold, and he said my helmet got shoved up, and my nose, my chin strap was over my nose, mm-hmm. and I got called for the hold on it. He yep. said I went looked at the official and said, "Sir, look at my helmet right now." Yep. So I, I, I just want to address your your, your one issue because I'm not a person that says you know there's one one cure for everything, right? But I will tell you this: there's an old saying in old school, right? Bring uh, go to go to people that brought you to the party. Mm-hmm. Nick Chubb is bringing you to the party, right? So you don't go away from him. 
Well, you know, you but Brad, to that it. point, here's another one. This this organization loves analytics so much. Man, they love it. How about this? It was first and goal from the one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is Jacoby Brissett on quarterback sneaks? He can't. They can't stop him like on, nine, one, some on one yard. Nine, six nine, for six. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he's never been stopped in his career. That's I've got an idea. Crazy. I've got a novel concept. You've got the Tom Brady of quarterback sneaks on your team. And you got two and really good guards that are getting a really good and push. And you've got a good line, and you've got running backs that can divert attention by going Agreed. in motion out of oh the flats. Agreed. How about but you just I'm, four I'm sure sneaks? if we went through play-by-play of every team, there'd be people that'd be angry at that coach, too, for bad decisions. No, no, no. I didn't like that. I didn't I, like no, that. I, I There's plenty that. of things to be. And that's There's what you pl- do in a loss. And by the way, you're, you're not going to get a holding call on a quarterback sneak. Let me, let me tell you. So what you they, don't you don't run the risk of having first and goal from the eleven. Let me tell you what they tell you in the locker room, man. People always say this all the time. One play don't cost you the game. Mm-mm. Yes, it does. Yes, the hell it does. All, all the, the time. time. All the time. Because you, if you don't do, that's why they tell you do your job. And what I'm saying to people is this: the coaches have a responsibility too. They have a job. His job on the one yard line. And my coach always said, if we if we can't get a yard running the ball, we don't deserve to win. And they're and, averaging six. And we can't. We, they they chose to be cute. And sometimes cuteness comes back to you and bites you right in and the it's ass. Even, it's not even the fact that they threw, which I agree, they should just run it. But it was the rollout. Yeah, I, I like, know. Yeah, just, just go play action. Just go got, play action. By the way, you got to blame Brissette a little bit on that. You can't throw it away on that play. Can why he is, audible? Is why he, is he throwing the ball away? Is he allowed to audible? I, I, I get right up there and say, "Hell no." no. Then, no, no go, by that, the way, that, is anybody? You know what I'm saying? That goes back on to, that. Hold on one second. Are you talking okay. about the hole on the fourth? No, oh, no, the fourth down. When go back to that first possession that everybody wanted to kick a field goal on that fourth down play, because in fairness, they ran with Nick Chubb the play before and he lost two yards. Um, but it was fourth down and like two and a half at the four yard, at the three and a half yard line, right? Yeah. On that play, Jacoby Brissett rolls out right, which I hated. Yeah. What? But Jacoby's got to take some blame. Why he throw it away? No, no, he, he, you're, you're definitely right. And he, he had, throw the ball away. He right. had the same same blunders guys, in the last possession. This is a great graphic, and I want to. You guys did such a good job. You built 50 graphics. Yeah, this was, is a huge mistake. I, I really want to focus in on this That's because. Great. It, it, it does sound like we're killing Stefanski and how, how, what, you know. I've said I think he is a great play caller. I think he is a great offensive mind. But to your point, know who you are and lean on your strengths when the game is in the balance. That graphic right there yep. is exactly what I'm talking about. Inside the 10-yard line, you have to score touchdowns. Teams that do win, teams that don't lose. Three drives. Ten plays. Well, you wanted them to kick a field goal yards. on the first drive. But I still would, and I you still just would. said teams that score touchdowns yeah, win. But I'm taking and points. Now you want them to kick the field goal. I'm taking points. I'm not getting zero. Right. I'm not getting zero. And, That's not an option. And, and zero in the red zone is not an yeah, option. Yeah, but if you go for it twice and get a touchdown, it's better than kicking two field goals. You're right, but. Zero in the red zone is just not and an option. And that's what he does. You can't do that's it. That's what he does. Compute. That, that's he unbelievable. Does, he doesn't understand. You're averaging that. <laughs> .5 yards per play inside yeah. the ten. Hey, that was, seven that was negative five yards, by the seven way. Seven passes. No, it was ten yard, ten yeah. plays yeah. and five total yards. No, minus negative five. five. Negative oh, minus five, five yards. The, whole, the holding penalty. Here's the thing. That shouldn't count. Boom. Why should it count? These are facts. They gained five yards and, and, and look yards. at the play calls. Seven pass, three run. This, this was, this was uh, troubling to me. You're an analytics guy. You <laughs> yeah. have these numbers in front of you. But yeah. You already but, know what the odds are. Inside yeah. the 10-yard line is an awfully big range because you're going to call plays differently at the nine than you are the one. I wholeheartedly agree with you. At the one-yard line, just give it to Chubb. But at the same time, they did that. Jason. They went no huddle. On third and one, Jason. gave it to Chubby, lost Jason. two yards. Now you're fourth and three. Why would you go no huddle, Jason, though? That's it. I agree. That's it. Why yeah, would you, you don't rush that play? Why would you like do that? that? Because you want to be the smartest guy in the room. And they have, you want to be well, Andy Reid, but you're not. No, no, why that's not you, fair. If you know you're going to go for it on fourth, yeah. Why are you no huddling on third? Get the right play in and do it because right. Because clearly, obviously, they saw something or they want—they didn't want the Falcons to no, change no, personnel no, or no, whatever. No, no, I agree. No, I didn't no. like it because they're not a no, no huddle no. team. It's no, gimmick. No. They don't I, do I it must, very I often. Must, I must interject. No, they thought they saw something. Well, and what they saw, they didn't see. No, the Falcons. <laughs> no, to Jason's point, though, if you want run personnel on the field, 
you or you you don't want to give them a chance to change up their personnel. Right. That, then no. just go. But, but here, I'm but, not, but I'm that's not, gimmicky. I have the work. You're also rushing yourself. The, not necessarily. I have the workhorse behind me because you don't think. And, the and they gave it to him. And they gave it to him. Gimmicky. I don't know. It's third and one, and they gave it to their best player. Are they like? They're not. They did exactly what we're screaming for them to do. It was third and one, and they gave it to Nick Chubb. It didn't work. Watch this. Watch this. It didn't work. This is the this is the way it usually works. Yeah. I'm better than you up front. Yes. I'm better than you in the backfield. Yes. I'm not rushing. You know what? I'm gonna get up here and That's I'm gonna what run. Atlanta said in the I'm fourth gonna quarter. get right here and you're gonna get this work. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. Nope. The Browns don't got that. Mentality. That's what Atlanta said in the fourth that's quarter. That's what Atlanta said. Guess what? Won the game. Guess, what that's not, guess what? Guess what? What that's not on? It's not on the freaking that sheet. That ain't on the sheet. It ain't on the freaking sheet. It ain't just statistics. Guys, it every, team, every coach has a sheet. Calm down with the sheet. Every team has a sheet. The game, what, what, the, game, the game is not one on sheets, my friend. It's, it's, it's every about, coach game, let me tell, let me, a sheet. Let me, let me tell you something. Every coach. Let me tell you where the game is won, my friend. Right yeah. here. That's this is where it is won. Uh, right here. This is it. They, this no, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is the separator. This is the separator. This is a fact. So when the Falcons lose by 30 next week, did they lose their no, heart? No, no, no. They just had more heart than the Browns that week. Okay. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Because the, I always say, it, you can, this is not refutable. The Falcons threw that sheet, and you know what? In Lake Michigan, you know what they said? No, they didn't. They looked out there and saw no Miles Garrett, no Jadavion Clowney, no Taven Bryant, and said, we're going to run it right up there. Well, they the first three quarters. They found the cheat code in the fourth quarter, <laughs> and then what? they said, we're going to run it right up there. And you know what they did? They, and they threw it 19 times the whole game. Right? They were throwing it that much. Who? The Falcons. The Falcons threw it 19 times the I whole game. I want Jacoby Brissett throwing in 19. Agreed. And, but Bull, when they yeah. after the pick, I don't. I think he may have one throw, and that was the forty-three yard busted coverage. Yeah, yeah. they it. they realized I've got Mariota, and it is what it is. We're going to run it. We're not going to let him throw the ball anymore. We're just going to run it. So they changed their game plan because in the fourth quarter, when the game was decided, they had a ten-play, seventy-five-yard drive, all runs. The next drive, seventy-three yards, yeah. field goal, seven plays. Ran it right down the Browns. And the Browns should have done more. They, they didn't getting, have to run were, it on every single play. That's an anomaly. Let's be honest. No Anthony an Walker, no Jadavian Clowney, no But it Miles is what it is. You can't no make Taven excuses Bryant. for guys that aren't there. I, I hear, yes, that's Can we talk true. about Miles Garrett for a second? Because you, I thought your, overall. your column was yeah. tremendous, first of all. Read it if you haven't. But there was we had a chat discussion going on that was very very interesting and i flipped on it i know you did yeah, because you did. when i read this i go wait a minute yep. this isn't what he was saying yep. on our personal you're exactly text. right you're exactly right and so i wanted so to bring everybody up to speed mike polk sent the text to the group is it now time that we can take shots at miles garrett for being a fool yeah he let his team down he said when the quarterback was out at the beginning of the year defense has to step step up and save the day. Yep. And then he does something through his own foolishness off the field that makes him unavailable. So Mike's question to the group was, Kit, is he fair fodder now? Can we take shots at him for at least being yeah. foolish? Glad he's okay. That's wonderful. But this isn't a this is a pattern of bad behavior. A pattern of bad behavior. Or bad decisions, I would say. Yeah. No, immature. Yeah. I would call it immature decision making. It's bad right. behavior. Which I have as well. I listen, I I told I said in the group, I've I had Two speeding tickets this year. And that's why I didn't want to come down on him at first. But, but the question in the group was, and I thought it was kind of 50-50. There were guys that were saying, well, wait a minute. A lot of people speed. We can't beat them up. I what thought about I was the only one saying it was fair to criticize him. No, I was too. Oh, okay. I yeah, said, look, yeah. you know, did he make a mistake? Yes. Is it a mistake that we all make from time to time? Yes. My problem is he's made that mistake seven times in three years. Yeah. And that we know of. That we know of. How yeah. many times do you think the cop came up to the car and said, hey, Miles Garrett, what's it? Hey, slow it down. Slow Miles. down, buddy. How many times do you think he's been pulled over in the last three years if he's been written seven times? He's Miles Garrett. He's been let off, probably just a guess. Or how many? Probably more times he's been let off. Or how and many? And that, by the way, yeah. the, the, the cop that lets him off might be the cop that let him off, that let Miles do think I can do anything. Miles, your life is on the line here. People die every day from reckless yeah. driving. I think it was, um, I heard a couple of different announcers yesterday say politely, Miles, slow it down, slow down. Sometimes, maybe this was the best thing that could ever happen yeah. to Miles Garrett, who will now hopefully drive the speed limit the rest of his life and never have to worry about killing someone or himself right. in a car accident. 
But I want you to go into what you wrote, and I'm really curious to know why you changed your mind. Because I struggled with this because the, I, I said in the, cha- in the chat, I, am, I can be many things. I have many flaws. I try really hard to never be a hypocrite. I never want to be, I never want to wag a finger at someone else for stuff I've done myself. Right. I drive really fast. I have a lot of speeding tickets. I do too, but I don't have the speeding ticket. <laughs> well, congratulations. <laughs> but to me, it was more of a totality. The more I thought about it, and, and it wasn't just our group was chat. It the, was it the loss that made you rethink a it? A lot of it. That's what I wanted to ask you. A lot of it. You. Because the more that I thought about it, and I thought Mike made some good points, and in talking to just other people and having other random conversations about it, it was really more of the totality of the maturity of Miles Garrett. And I know some people may roll their eyes and say, this is really stupid. Last year on Halloween, he had the, the cape with all like the, the tombstones of all the quarterbacks and everything. He was having fun with it going into the game. Browns lost that game to the Steelers. He wore the cape. He wore a Halloween costume into the media room to do post game. And I thought, bad luck. How childish is that? You lost the game. If you win the game, come in and have fun with it. You lost the game. And then this year, but to, to criticize the fans after the, the loss to the Jets and say that they shouldn't be booing, that's nonsense. That's immaturity emerging and showing out. And now to have this on top of that, so it was more the totality of it. It's not just speeding. It's just the immaturity of the whole thing. Miles has some growing up to do. And I say that as somebody who really likes Miles. I've I had love some Miles good Garrett. conversations with him. I went to bat for him. After the helmet swing, I defended him. I went and looked for the audio from uh, from the field like I spent a couple of weeks trying to find audio or evidence of audio emails of the NFL trying to bury the audio to see if he was telling the truth so I've gone to bat for him multiple times but I'm to the point now where it's like man you got to grow up you've got to grow up this can't keep happening and if I got a ticket for driving over 100 miles an hour I probably would slow down I probably wouldn't drive as fast as so 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 now now in consecutive days yeah and by if the way, this there was an innocent person in the passenger yeah, yeah, seat. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, just to clear, clarify, he wasn't driving 100 this day. We don't know. 65 and a 45, according yeah. to police. Yeah. According yeah. To That's police, an estimation. Yeah. So 65 certainly isn't 100, but Zach Jackson lives sort of out there, our Browns rider, and he said, listen, you, you, these are roads you do not want I've to be I've talked to people that travel on. these roads on a regular basis, yeah. and they said 65 on that road is, is entirely too fast. Yes. He was cited for reckless. Yes. And, and, and it is reckless. It's yeah. a curvy road. It's got a lot of ups and downs. Ups and downs. Anytime, you wreck, on, anytime you wreck, you're going to have there reckless was, stop or failure uh, to control. But, yes, people who drive those roads consistently say – no way should anyone be doing 65. By the way, the road. highway speed limit should be higher than 60, though. So let, let me, let me, Not on that road. So, so no, highway, highway. Highway, you're right. Yeah. But on that particular road, yeah. 45 so, is plenty. So let me say let me say this, because I'm, I'm, I'm listening to your point, I'm listening to your point, and, and there's nothing I, I can agree with more that, obviously, a vehicle is a very dangerous instrument if used the wrong way. Right? It's a deadly and, weapon and if used so, the wrong and way. So, and so you talk about the maturity and maturation of a person. And it comes at different times and places and instances for different people, right? I don't think anybody among here sitting at this at this at this booth hadn't hadn't been in a speeding behind a car at some point. I'm 46 and I still drive too fast. I freely admit it. And so we sit here, we sit here, and I hope this is a life lesson to him. I do too. I I I, I swear I hope it's a life lesson to him because it could have went all bad. It's already bad. It could have went really really bad. But I will tell you this. Money, power, mm-hmm. the ability to buy fast cars is a curse. And fame. Uh, and fame of young people. It, the effort, it, it, for every cop that gave him his license back and told him to slow down, has been, they gave right? him more the, the power. The lack of accountability. To enable himself. And we're just guessing. Here, here. We have to say, we're just I, guessing I, here, that that I, happened, I'm, but it's a pretty I'm fair not, guess. I'm not going to be a hypocrite on this thing, right? I'm going to tell you, i like, okay, so I'm, I'm going to argue. I'm going back to my Chicago days. I'm an argument with we have me and Jordan having fun in practice one day, right? I got a 944 per Porsche Turbo that's been souped up. He got a 911. We arguing at the practice about whose car was faster. And so what we said, we're 22. Let's go settle it. He said, we're going to settle this. Let me tell you how we settled it. We take six teammates. So we're going to go on the highway on, in Chicago, <laughs> right? Two get behind us. You block the back of the highway, right? Oh, Two go ahead. Oh, Lock it up front. Oh man, we're gonna stretch this thing out, right? Four thousand, that's four thousand dollars. <laughs> we'll stretch this thing out, right? And so 
I mean, we we had to be well over 100 on this thing, right? Sure. And I'm in the 100. I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> like, this is this Who is, won the race. Well, he won. Right? <laughs> I'm like, listen, I got to the speed limit was too fast. Yeah. I'm like, it's too fast. Here. I, you know, so I said, this is this is not a, a an occurrence that is that is an anomaly. No, no what happens? It's, it's out. That's there. Exactly, young people. The, the that's exactly money. how Bobby Fields died. The, the question that's exactly the, how yeah, Bobby Fields and, died. And Bobby used to sit in my house, right? And he would buy car parts from me all the time, right? So this thing is, you have to hope that this just this instance changes the outlook for him. I right? pray it does. I'm, I'm, I'll give you, and this is there. I think this is one of the most serious <laughs> things that I probably ever said. <clears throat> When I, you know, I go to a party school. I went to OU, um, and when you at OU, I mean, when you party, you party, and that means alcohol. That means drugs. I'm not gonna tell you what exact ones was it, because there was a lot of them. And I'm gonna tell you something. I always felt, uh, I always felt a little strange because, you know, the the drugs and alcohol really never got to me. You know, I would be like, man, I, I don't know what the. Am I supposed to be just supposed to feel good or is this supposed to be great? It would never hit me like that. I never and they always tell you if you listen to anybody with addiction, they said all it takes is the one to find it. And that's what you hooked on. And I thank God that I never found it. But I'm gonna tell you what, there was there was good friends around me that found it quick. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. We 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 good. We'll get out of here. I'm, I'm one year out of school. We good. We, this we've always done this. We good. <clears throat> Until my buddy called me and said, hey, you know, um, you know, so and so died, and I said, what? I said, yeah, he he died. He overdosed, accidental. And I felt horrible because I felt I enabled it mm-hmm. because it didn't hit me like that. Oh, we could do that. Then, after he died, three of my friends went to rehab. Mm. Three, in and out. One of them still in and out in rehab. <clears throat> so all you got to do is learn that it only take one time, bro. One time. You take one time. Ask Teddy Pendergrass. One time. One time <clears throat> for you to do something, and and it changed your life forever. I'm just. We all lucky that the John stu- Rogers, the, stu- yeah. the young draft pick yeah. for the Browns. The yeah. stupid stuff that Glenn you bias. do. You just, you just the grace of God. You ain't out of here. You just got, you got lucky. And so my thought process is the worst thing when they came to my mind that said he, he, he's, it's not life threatening, Mm -hmm. but being paralyzed from the waist down, that may not consider losing your leg, losing your arm, your ability to do what you love to do. And I don't never want to see nobody confined to a chair, confined to a bed, confined to a room and people having to clean and feed you because you wanted to just drive fast. Think about that. Miles Miles Garrett has parents in Texas, right? And so I will just tell you, I'll just tell you this, Miley. Good Lord has given you a second chance. That's yep. exactly right. He's yep. given you a second Don't waste chance. it. Do not waste it. Don't waste right? it. And then you, t- you take And this isn't second. about football you, you, either. No, I, no, I don't, no, I, I don't you, care no, at all no, about no, the you football. But to all, of, to all of your points, really, if we're be, this is not, shouldn't just be a lesson for Miles. It should be a lesson for everybody. everybody. It's for all of us. Everybody, right? The, we, the three we're, of us already said we drive too fast. drive fast. People, how many times are you on at a stop a stop sign? Stoplight, yep. you see people on their phones. Yeah, yeah. Look at it. Everybody's on their Hell, phones. Hell, going 65 and it's on not the just highway, young I look people. over at people, they're on their phones. It's not just young people. No, it's not. And people not. are, I mean, it, we're, we're everybody. And and it, what drives me nuts is when people will say, well, I'm not going to blame Miles Garrett because I drive fast. Well, instead of instead of saying that, say, you know what? Miles Garrett was wrong, and I'm wrong, and too. I'm wrong, and I'm right. tripping, Instead so. of saying, I'm not going to say anything about right. Miles Garrett because I tripping. do it. Well, but, and this is about, it's like whenever somebody commit, like, uh, does something, and then we say, well, their guy did it, too. Or whenever a politician does something crappy, well, their guy does it, too. Maybe we should all say, whether it's all these things, say, Instead of trying to match the what the other guy yeah, yeah. does that's crappy, yeah, that's maybe what we all need to kind of that's say, what about is yeah. just and, take take and, accountability and, I, and I, yeah. I readily I've I've had this conversation on multiple levels with different people. I've constantly said I'm not one to talk. I have two speeding tickets this year. Yeah. I drive fast. I don't drive reckless. I know if you say I well, don't fast, I don't reckless, drive reckless. I'm not weaving in and out of traffic, and I'm not going on country roads with a with a high speed. Uh, no, vehicle. Right. but there have been times but, where but I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm going over, too fast here. And that's where I catch myself too. That it, it's wrong. Yeah. It doesn't matter. My, my house is made of glass. I'm not throwing stones. All I'm saying is 
I wish for somebody who has everything, think of the gifts that God has given this man. He has everything yeah. in his hand. I don't want to see him throw it away because he had a desire to and drive be, fast. And before we go to Mikey, I, I just want to make one point, and, and I think this is a fair, fair criticism and fair shot you can say. When you're in a team sport, you recognize when you let your people down. When we out here yeah. in July, sweating yeah. it out here, trying to get to the top of the mountain, you let us down. You let you let your, you let him down. Let, you let your, you he let, let your, his you team let, down. You let yeah. your friends down. Yeah. You did. You let your friends down. Now you got to make amends for it, right? And the men's for it is just here, staying on the straight and narrow. And when you can come back, come back at the, at the highest level you can. But be thankful mm. that we're not at your funeral here. Mm. Mm. That's exactly right. My son said to me the other day, Daddy, you're driving too fast. That got to open my eyes. From the mouths mm. of babes. <laughs> yep. All right, Mikey. Got two things we got to do. First off, if you haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We got a two-minute warning show. Four weeks in a row, it's come down to the wire. It's been a lot of fun. Every week, it's decided while you it's, guys are on the air. It's, yeah, it's unbelievable. Awesome. Plus all our videos. All plus our videos. my podcast is via the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. So subscribe and hit the bell so you get the alerts. All right, so PFF just released their game grades from Sunday. Let's start with the offense. Who do you guys think is the highest graded Brown on offense? I mean, Chubb. Nick Chubb is the easy answer, yeah, but easy. maybe I, one of the linemen. Nick Chubb's number four. Where's Betonio? He gave up a Tied sack. with Chubb for fourth. Okay. Um, Tell her had a couple Bell. of penalties. David huh? Bell. <laughs> I'm throwing those grades right the hell out the I, I, I know had, a lot of people that say use those like their Bible. I'm sorry. What, how, many, how many touches did he get? He, how many he, had, he had one good catch. Snaps. He huh? had one good catch down the field that I remember. He did. How many yeah. So I'm going to grade him out highest out of everybody. At, PFS, trash. So snaps, trash. David Bell had an 84. Conklin was second with the 77. Wills, uh, Jedrick Willis was 76.1. Chubb and Batonio both 72.4. Wills had a couple nice blocks down. Oh, they pulled him on a yeah, couple I, times. I noticed yeah. they were pulling him. Yeah. I've noticed other teams in the NFL are doing the same thing. So yeah. it's, it's kind a of a much trend. better run blocker than I, he Bell. is a very good run blocker. Nuggets, yeah, right. how many snaps did he have? Who? Bell. Bell 19. played 19 snaps. I, I, they got to have a snap limit. Oh, right? yeah. 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 That's, that's like that's like going deceiving. three for three yeah. and getting hurt and you win the batting title. Yeah, doesn't work that way. <laughs> to, I don't know. Do you know I, who the lowest graded offensive player was? Jacoby Brissett. Amari no. Cooper. Cooper. Amari Cooper. Well, he had four targets and one catch, and just there was no separation. All None. day. There was oh, no separation. He could shake the one, dude. No, he was on him like yeah. a blanket. Like anything else, PFF has its flaws. I think it is valuable for certain positions more than others. I think it's good with offensive linemen. And I think it's good players. for linemen, too. Well, I, here's, I let my eyes tell receivers. me who plays a great here, game. Here's the defense here. side is where it gets interesting. Okay. So Denzel Ward had a 86.7 grade. I very he high, well. Probably the highest, highest yeah. of the season. Yeah, he, he looked like Denzel Ward yeah, again. He did. No one else graded out above a 70 on the team. Okay, that's a uh, and here's the most, the most uh, eye-opening thing. Jordan Elliott... A 27.8 grade. Oh, wow. We thought he played well. I thought he played well. <laughs> Jacob Phillips, who I also thought played halfway decent, 27.3. Man, isn't is it funny that the basketball me, uh, player can see it? The basketball player can see it. What a Delpit. What a Delpit get. Delpit was third. He was the Delpit played well. Except that one play guy. where he got dragged 15 yards. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I actually line. thought he made some nice plays. In, I thought in he played game. well on the back end. Yeah. And lastly, Tommy Togiai, who stepped in for Taven Bryant. Graded out the absolute lowest at a 24.8. Yeah. So there are two starting defensive yeah. tackles I'm not combined. I'm not going to talk about it. It's been so bad on yeah. the defense. Yeah. I'm going to forget the, you know, whatever, the play yeah. calling. And if we, it is who it is. We have Brissette. Yeah, yeah. I just, based on this defense alone, they're under 500 this year. Uh, they're not making the playoffs. The, but we said that at the start of the year, I think. Yeah. You know, like, I, I said I thought they'd be like 8 and 9. I nine picked them to go somewhere. 9 and 8 this So year. that's yeah. why I'm not like outraged. I had 9 and 8 too, but now after just looking I and seeing what's left. the Browns would finish in third place. I still think they're probably going to finish in third well, place. Well, if you finish in third, though, in the – like, third's awful. Well, I, here, I mean, here. you have – like I, Nobody's here to finish into, in third. My thought going into the season was you have one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league who actually has played better than I thought. But going into the season, I was like, we have one of the worst starting quarterbacks for two-thirds of the season. 
Yeah. I can't have my expectations be that high. I thought it's possible they could do better, but and and but if they had, we said it all along. If they were going to do better, they had to go at least three and one, if not four and zero. Oh, and they didn't do that. So, Bull, so, Bull, that? so Bull, I think that you're you're spot on. Yeah. You're, I think you're spot on with yeah. your, your analysis. Here, here's where my problem comes in at, right? With all those flaws that you said and but, things yeah. that you think, yeah. we had a chance to be much better than this. Sure did. And that is reliably solely on the execution of the game plan because we have a little room margin of error. This is it. It's real teeny tiny. Yeah. Right? Well, the NFL and is very this thin. is this is it. And so even with all that being said, we could have easily won at least one more game and maybe but two But they could have easily lost one or two yeah, more games. Yeah, but I'm saying, too. but here, but that's the that's NFL. NFL. You, you know, the two and two yeah. because that's who they that's are. That's who they are. They should have won the Jets game. They should have lost the Panthers game. And uh, everything else, you thank, know, I think they look good. I mean, the way Steelers. they should have won the Panthers game because they were up big, and then they should have lost it because but, they, yeah, so they could have, they could have, and should have lost it. But they didn't. Can somebody yeah. tell me? Can somebody just straight up yeah. tell me why Joe Woods is still employed? That I don't. I mean, give oh, me one good reason. I think well, the well, because they were terrific. Yeah, that's exactly. That's it. They were terrific for the second half of last season. So that's what you had coming in. Yeah, it's been four games. Most I, of them have not been very good. I would say I agree. maybe don't they don't feel like there's another guy on the defensive staff that could. Yeah, fix what are you going to do at this point? What are you going to do at this point? Maybe at the if it doesn't improve, I would think maybe at the bye week he gets Here's fired. Here's what the real tragedy of all of this, guys. And yeah. You know this in the NFL, it's a, it's a series, it's a cycle of the window being completely closed, and then it goes up. And then it gets to the top and it's open and it doesn't stay at the top. No, nope. it immediately starts yeah. to come back down. Yeah, the real shame of this is waste. We're going to waste Nick Chubb waste and Miles Garrett. And we've seen one playoff yep. win. Your guards, but guys, your, your I would line. argue that the window is going to reopen because for the no. starting week 12 for the first time in modern franchise history, you have a very good quarterback. And do you However, trust? And do you trust what, what we're going to do with that quarterback? Yes. Full heartedly, yes, but, but here's I the do. problem, 100%. guys. Yes, the window opening and then closing, the salary cap situation isn't going to change. It's a nightmare moving forward. It is. No, they just and there's going to be a lot of talent that is yeah. currently on this roster that will not be here next year because they'll be cap cash. I don't know that it's next year. I, I think no. it's the year. No, That's next why, year they're thirty million over the cap. But they have fifty million in cap space. They're rolling over this year. They right, do. Right. So, but, so the next year, I think they'll be okay. It's the year after where there's going to be some really difficult decisions they yeah. have to make. Right. I mean, but, it's not going to get any why, easier. But that's why for the first time. In, and by the way, in, Nick Chubb then is two seasons older. Right. Mm -hmm. And the lifespan of a running back. Luckily, they're only using him 18 or 19 yeah, years. Yeah, he should be able to play 25 <laughs> years the way they're using him. Like the good that. news is. Hey, I like that. Here's the thing. I like it's going to come down. Once you get the salary cap break. problem, <laughs> which Jason's right, in two years, although the cap is going to go way it up. It is going to go up. Way up. Yeah. I bet you it goes up next year even more than they expect because these new TV contracts the are The Amazon money is going to your aunt, yeah. COVID's now in the back, in the rear view, but now it's up. Once you are, the Browns have never been in this place where they've had to worry about the cap because they've never had any talent, no, right? Know. Since cap's been a factor. So, that's why they can roll 50 million. That's why they can roll that's 50 exactly million. Right. But now what we're going to find out is how good is Andrew Berry? Because the only way to keep that window open, especially when you have a great quarterback and you're spending a lot of money is to draft and, and de develop and, and develop. So draft and develop. I know this is a silly game yeah. to play, but we're filling time and that's what we do. Seven games left before the starter comes back yeah. before Deshaun Watson steps on the field. Yeah. Based on the body of work that you've seen so far, yeah. you're sitting at two and two, you know what the schedule is. You know the quarterbacks that we're going to face over the next seven games. Yes. Where are they when Deshaun Watson comes back? My guess right now is they're five and six. That's exactly where I'm at. Five and six. Red. I can't disagree. No, I mean, not from what I'm seeing. I can't. It, it, I mean, if, if nothing changes, if, if the defense, nothing, if nothing changes, the good news is when we all agree on something, which is very rare, it yeah. never happens. always wrong. That's yeah. right. Right. Yeah. I hope it's Hopefully wrong it's the worse. other way <laughs> <laughs> because I see them being five and six yeah, too. Five, yeah. Now you got to play each game out and this yeah. is really a, a the defense in, ultimately in through insanity. four weeks is the big disappointment here. Yes, they better. They've got to get markedly. There's better. fair criticism of Stefanski in this current game and at times throughout his career, just like most other coaches. Right. But ultimately, the offense has been better than I would have expected. The defense has been significantly worse. Yes. Absolutely yeah. dead on. The, the defense has been a disaster. And I, but yeah. make Kevin give up the play calling because that'll fix everything. <laughs> well, can I say this? It will. It's not getting past. It's not getting past the fan base. There was a huge contingent of people in Atlanta for the Browns yesterday. Huge. Yeah. Huge. yeah. yeah. Right. It didn't and feel they, like and a they, they left. They were steamy. 
right? Because we've seen this has movie over and over again. Take care of. Well, we got. We're going to pivot, and we're going to talk about the team that should be getting one hundred percent of our attention. Which ah, until today has been the case on my podcast. I've been talking Guardians for two weeks. Mostly. The team that has heart. Yes. That plays every single play hard. They're going to the playoffs. The Guardians are. We're going to do the last half hour on the yeah. show with the Guardians. Unfortunately, I got to go. Purge ourselves of this Browns madness. Go ahead, McNuggets. Right, before we end up our Browns conversation, yeah. we do have to tell you what the internet is saying about Kevin Stefanski's decision to go for it on fourth down. And whenever we ask the internet a question, it's brought to us by our favorites at PCC Airfoils. Looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits? PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Mentor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up. Plus, get full benefit packages, paid time off, and signing bonuses. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. Keep it moving. Keep He's got nothing moving. today. I got nothing uh, yeah, both, and both to run in five minutes, so we're gonna yeah. run through these real quick. So let's yeah. take what do you got? Tea time? Steve. I got no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I gotta go to my gun school. Jason checked out one time mid-show. With got the over the middle of the show. So I got a tea time. Come on, come on. I don't think we're gone. It's for my son's school. Hey, listen. The last time my mom had to come to school, it was not a good look. So we asked the internet what was the main topic of discussion after the game Should the Browns have gone forward on fourth and goal on the first drive or kicked the chip shot field goal? We got a Myriad of answers, very mixed bag. Let's take Would you say that there was a tendency one way or the other? Was it was pretty split. By the way, really. Jason, okay. the, the reason you know you're wrong about kicking the field goal. I'm never goal, wrong. But you're usually right. Okay? I, I admit, you're one of the smartest sports guys in town. But here's how you know you're wrong. Tony Grossi thought they should have kicked the field goal. Oh, stop. Be nice. So this is from Petty LeBoule. <laughs> Hindsight is twenty twenty, but yeah. I always take the points, especially on the road with your entire defensive line. This whole on the goes. road thing is so dumb. Yeah, no, it's points not. on the road are, are, are easy to come <laughs> by. Bowl. It wasn't even a road game. Nobody was cheering for Atlanta. It was yes, a they were. It was like eight Evan Falcons says fans. it was the right call. Go for seven Atlanta, to start one of the on the top road. Top five worst fan bases in America. If your defense even plays slightly competent, that call is irrelevant. It's funny that people were using Correct. the same argument for both sides. He says, I know they are. seven on the road, we had I on the road, you road home three. Yeah. Yeah. Which means there's no consensus is really what it goes. Let's see the next one, Anthony. Three is better than nothing. Johnny Eightball says, don't draft a kicker in the fourth round if you're not going to use him. That's if you're true on the road, too. take the points. You can especially. Congratulations. Sorry, Mike. I, my bad. I'm cutting You can especially in a ball control type of game. Just congratulations to Johnny Eightball. That's a st- as dumb a tweet as I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> the, the quality of the kicker in that case is irrelevant. Every kicker is going to probably make that kick from inside the five. We got two more. This is always take points on uh, Presentation, the that's road. my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. Just the way, he, the way he put it. And it's, 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 good time. And it's double space. It's and last one. Right call, wrong play call. You so can look at the, it that way, too. The internet echoes exactly what we have argued about look for the last Hunt's 90 icon. minutes. So. His avatar yeah. is excellent. Okay. Um, Holy yeah. shit. Don't throw it away. Why did he throw it away? What a knucklehead. I think an even bigger mistake was the fourth and one on the 29 year Oh, that's a no-brainer. I hope they never do that He's again. He's made every fourth and one in his career, Jacoby Brissett. Oh, okay. Then when it's first and goal from the one, do it four times. You got a touchdown. I'm not arguing. Okay. <laughs> right, are we going to break now? We do have to break. Bulls going. I got to go. G Boys is stepping out. G Boys is stepping out for a minute because we've got two folks from the Guardians in. There they are. Uh-oh. Bob DiBiasio, Neil Weiser. They're going to join us on the program, and we're going to talk Guardians playoffs, tickets, which I understand. Are there tickets left? There's a few left. Okay, so they're, they're not many if there are because when I checked, it was, it was very, very sparse. Um, this is about to be a Guardians town, whether you people like it or not. We're going to talk Guardians. Last half hour of the show. We're taking a break. We'll be right back. See you, Bull. What a scene. All right. It is time to talk about the, the team in town that everybody tends to forget about until October. The Cleveland Guardians have been absolutely, they've captured our hearts. Um, for those that pay attention to baseball only in October. It's it's that time. And we're pleased to have Bobby DiBiasio in and Neil Weiss, some of the, the, the brains behind this organization. <laughs> um, guys, for, I'll start with you, Bobby. How, how much fun has this been? What's this run been like for you? Remarkable. Absolutely remarkable what these young kids, they've re-energized uh, Tito, that is for sure. If you think back to the context of it all, Tito came aboard in 2013. We had lost 92 games in 2012 with Maniacta in his last year as, as our skipper. 
and Tito comes and all of a sudden there's instant credibility in the clubhouse and Major League Baseball for who we are and what he's been able to accomplish um, fifth time in the last six years that we play 162 games and we win 90 or more mm-hmm. um, the second most wins in all of the American League since Tito arrived fourth most wins in all of baseball wow. since Tito has arrived um, that's remarkable. but this year of all that I, I say that because we've had winning here with Tito as our skipper this year is special this year with those kids and how they play um, who knew what the identity of this team was going to be when we broke camp? remember all the holes in the outfield oh, when the season started people say you can't draft we talk in spring training. spring training how can you draft pitchers and have this pitching ninja school where everybody's good but we can't <laughs> find an outfield yeah. now we got plenty of outfield. too many now yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's just been unbelievable to the chemistry, people who don't realize, you know this, yeah. being an athlete, chemistry matters. Yes. Mm-hmm. And especially in our sport, you're together, 162 games, daily drama of six months. You better get along with the people in that clubhouse. And Neil, I asked you a, a couple weeks ago, you're ahead of schedule here, right? Because I don't think anybody in this town thought we would be sitting here ready for a playoff run now, right? But you are not just inching across. I mean, you like one of the top teams out here that are playing at the right time, the right way. So talk about the, the, the this club being put together and being a, on a course ahead of schedule. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievably exciting. I So when we talked, I thought a year or two years from now, we're going to be incredible. And talking to Journey and Chris Antonetti and so on, it's like there's so many exciting young guys. And then just every day, it's a little bit more of maybe the future is now, maybe the future is now, maybe the future is now. I, I've been, I mean, I'm 52 I'm not originally from Cleveland. I've been here for 10 years. I've never been so excited about a season in my life. Wow. And this is, it's like every single day you show up and everybody's like, I want to come to the game. I want to come to the game. I want to see these guys play. Um, so I think we're going to be great next year and the year after. But right now we got this year and man, it's exciting starting Friday. Yeah. 17 players yeah. made their major league debut, right? Has it gone 16. to 18? 16? No, 16. Okay, 16. But, Sorry, I'm giving but, you. Yeah. I'm counting on somebody else coming yeah, in the yeah, next. Yeah. Probably. Well, Bo, well, no, 17. Bo, Bo, Bo was 17. Number two. Yeah. Sorry, I, and by the way, Sorry, I love Jason, that they hit right. back-to-back in the lineup yeah. yesterday. The Canadian baseball, fun. the Canadian baseball head of fame, uh, the guy that runs it, Scotty, um, text both Curtis and I and Jeremy Fido, our historian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes, you got to get me everything from that game from <laughs> yeah. Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame with I them bet. batting back-to-back in the lineup. Pretty fun. 17 guys making yeah. their Major League debut. That's a recipe for 105 losses. Maybe 110. <laughs> Not 90 wins. <laughs> 90 wins? That's insane. Well, it, it's really a testament to our coaching staff um, and the way Chris and Cherney and their whole group and the Travis Fryman. As a matter of fact, we were down talking to Tito before we came here, and there's a whole group of young athletes of ours. People don't realize we have 200, as you know, know, you've done many stories on our system. 200 players play for us. Um, And there's young kids, Class A, et cetera, that Travis Fryman's one of our great player development coaches, brought them here so that they could walk around and see what our building's all about. So Touch the, the first goal. time oh, wow. they come up as a player, this isn't a whole brand new experience. That they've actually walked through the clubhouse, they sat in the players' lounge and had it's something to eat. too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That this is where you want to be and have a chance to say hi to Tito. And, and so, Bobby, is that and, new? I mean, is that new because, you know, and NBA didn't do that. No, <laughs> that no. rolls you at the door. Exactly. <laughs> well... I tell people a couple of things. I started in this business in 1979, and as you know, the way it was in professional athletics, you rolled the ball out on the field, the court, court. wherever, mm-hmm. best guy's going to stay, right, right? Right. It's not that way anymore. As a matter of fact, the, po- the thing that has changed so dramatically, in my opinion, Back there, beer and cigarettes was the post-game spread. <laughs> right, you right. Know, back in '79, guys, right, right, guys right, used to right. burn heat in, yeah. the, in the dugouts. In yeah. the dugouts, they they didn't have food. Right, they right, were, right. You know, they had, they went home and ate <laughs> after a game. Now it's chefs, strength and conditioning, sports science, all the things that will make every single one of our guys the best they can be. And that's we don't cheat that process. Neil's in charge of helping 
put all of that through the software technology on the seven campuses that we have wow. that's multi-millions of dollars invested because that's how we can compete. And Neil works hand in hand with Chris and his crew to put all of that, what we do sports science wise and technology, again, in all the seven campuses, which are the four minor league teams, the Dominican Academy, mm -hmm. Goodyear, and then Progressive Field. I've heard there's technology in the Indians clubhouse that simulates video. It's a hitting machine, pitching machine, but it simulates the delivery and the pitches of, I think, every pitcher. That's the way it was explained to me. Is is that true? And if so, how common is that technology? Mm -hmm. And what tangible difference do you feel that's made? Yeah, good question. So there is a there's a new tool, new piece of software, new piece of hardware, which um, we're testing with. It's not uh, all that common yet. Um, some teams have it. Uh, I guess there's probably a little bit of time before we have to figure out how successful it's been or not, but that's always our goal is to be better at everything else and to be on the bleeding edge from a technology standpoint, mm -hmm. a hiring standpoint, a development standpoint, and so on. So right. that specific example is one thing where, hey, if we can get a little bit of an advantage to use some real-time data, the stat cast data and so on, to simulate a pitch at speed and where it breaks and where it moves up and down and sideways, laterally and so on, and that can help a hitter learn and develop, we'll do it. What is the anecdotal evidence from that? I know you say you have, it's, it hasn't been around long enough, to look at, at any data or stats, but do the guys like it? Uh, good question. I don't think I can answer that yet because yeah. I actually haven't had that direct conversation with them. Right. I, a couple of conversations I've had with some of our player development guys is that they're really impressed by it. I know we are going to try it out in Arizona too, right. and maybe we'll have more, more than one of them. And that's probably where it's even more important because that's where we're having year-round development of guys. Guys sure. that are rehabbing, guys that just got drafted, guys that are going to play the Arizona Summer League, the Arizona Fall League. To me, that type of stuff is incredibly exciting because you can use technology and see immediate results. That's what's so different from, I think, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I, I was new to this industry 10 years ago, and one of the things that I realized is that it's so idiosyncratic about how you can use technology to have very specific outcomes, and the better you do with that, you can create a competitive advantage. And that's, that's one example of where we're trying to do that. And this everybody knows the dynamics and the financial dynamics of this market and of Major mm -hmm. League Baseball. Your coastal cities, your big markets, have this huge financial advantage. And then you look at the markets kind of in the middle of the country, Cincinnati's, Cleveland's, Kansas City, Detroit, Pittsburgh. Minnesota. They yeah. have to be smarter. They're not, they're not gonna be able to outspend anybody. Mm -hmm. Look at what the Dodgers are spending per victory compared to what the Guardians are spending per victory. Mm -hmm. And I, it's stunning to me, but you have to work that way. Bobby, you've been in this organization for a lifetime. You've seen great managers, You've seen some that just can't seem to get, get the, their handle on it. I want to drill down on Tito because everybody that's covered the game for the last 20 years, if they're paying attention, they will readily tell you if he's not the best that's done it over the last 20 years, he's certainly at the top of the list. And some say he may be the best that's ever done it. He seems like such a simple guy, and I know that's an act. What is it in your mind that separates him from all of the other managers where he can take a group of young kids, 17 first-time major leaguers, and make a win 90 games in a season. That's not supposed to happen. The specialness of Tito is the fact that, to me, having watched him, I've dealt with 15 managers, I think it is, in my career. Um, easily the best, and I hope Mike Hargrove isn't watching. Right now, uh, and Mike was a hell of a manager. Mike, Mike's number two. There's no question. Sure, I mean, 700 plus wins for us. Tito just passed him and, and Lou Boudreau as the all-time winningest managers. There's three things in his style of leadership, and he always laughs when I tell him this is what I tell people. But there's three things that he does in his style of leadership that I've always been amazed with. First and foremost, he is absolutely authentic. He is genuine. He doesn't try to pretend he's somebody else. Mm -hmm. When people get in a position of leadership, one of the first things they try to do is be somebody else. Boy. Instead of who they are, to be genuine and authentic. This is who I am, so this is who you know you're dealing with in this position as manager. So he's authentic. The second thing he does, which I think is beautiful in our sport, is he embraces individuality. There's too many coaches 
and managers who you walk the same way he walks you mm -hmm. walk the same way he walks i want you to look like him that's not tito knows and being, play like yeah tito is was a number one draft pick out of the university of arizona for the montreal expos hit 350 before he blew out his knee i mean he was a star player coming from the lineage of his dad who was a star player and he understands there's something inside each and every athlete that made them get to the big leagues. Mm -hmm. Why would I want to change that? So true. Now, you better have a respect for your teammates, and you better have a respect for the game of baseball. If you don't have that, then you, I'm lost. You're lost in my world. That's what he teaches, the respect and professionalism. But other than that, the clothes you wear, the music you listen to, mm -hmm. those sorts of things, um, hey, have at it. It's who you are as a person. And then lastly, it's service to others. He yeah. cares more about everybody else than he does himself. The guy that sits outside our clubhouse doors, the security guard that you say hello to when you come in and see him go to those press conferences down in the service, he cares about that guy more, and the clubhouse guys and his players way more than he does about himself. So there's some, and he's learned that over the years. I mean, he was not a very good manager with not very good players in Philadelphia. He right. struggled. Yeah, yeah, in those four years. And then he got another chance yeah. in Boston yeah. where he was able to refine. And then Tell his me. relationships with Mark Shapiro and Chris Antonetti and uh, uh, Mike Chernoff brought him home. Um, Thankfully, and before all of that, he managed you, your guy, right. Michael yeah. Jordan. Yeah, I know, oh yeah, I know did. Did, did. Have you ever talked to Michael about no, that? Because I'd love to hear what yeah. he had to say about his time in, to, uh, in Birmingham. I and, might have to look over and see what that is, but I, I, I hear Tito refer to it from time to time, right? right about right. the experience. But I, I, I'm glad you, you you said something, Bobby. Tito has found out that uh, he empowered the players, but I think the biggest acquisition uh, was selling the the contract with Ramirez and making sure he became the face of the organization. Absolutely. And how has that panned out internally inside that locker room? Well, I mentioned earlier 200 athletes. It, it, it's the message spread to every one of them. Um, what a special place this is. If a guy like Jose Ramirez is going to conservatively leave 50 million yep. on the table, yep. whatever, to stay where he's comfortable, the team, that signed him at 17 years old out of the Dominican and a kid who was a chance to play shortstop at the big leagues and then was sent to AAA because he wasn't getting it done and we didn't just toss him aside. We still believed in him and wanted to be a part of this organization. If it, an incredible day, I think it was April 5th, if I have my dates correct, because I think we, we announced it on the 6th. The 5th was when Paul was in Cleveland on a Zoom, mm -hmm. and Chris and the interpreter and Jose's agent, and Jose were in a room in Goodyear, and they hashed out the deal. It sent um, incredible positive vibes throughout our entire organization. I'd hate to think where this Most team would be without Most important turning him. point of the season. <laughs> you know what? In recent team history, yeah. Yeah. yeah, when your best player plays the hardest, it sets the tone for everyone else. It, I made the point, I think, last week. Jay and I were talking about this. I said, he's not going to win. I know he's not going to win MVP, but you never convinced me that there's a player more valuable to his team than Jose Ramirez is the Guardians. Aaron Judge's numbers are spectacular. He's more than deserving. Shohei Otani is more than deserving. I don't have a vote. I'll let the voters <laughs> slug that out. But if you want to talk value to a team, yeah. it's Jose Ramirez, hands down. Without question. Just on the rub-off factor alone. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you look at where this organization is positioned, I think one of the things that outsiders, we've become used to it. They're overachieving. They're doing, how are they doing this? They're doing more with less. Mm -hmm. How does the rest of baseball look at what you guys have done? And success always breeds emulation. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure you're getting calls. There are a lot of people in the sport trying to figure out what the secret sauce is? Yeah, it's a good question. I, mean, I think the best indicator of it is when the season's over and then there's this window of time when everybody starts to recruit and poach from other teams. 
Chris and Sherry in our front office on the baseball operations side, they field an enormous amount of calls. I can they, imagine. They yeah, want, when John Sherman calls people. this winner, don't answer. Yeah, right. please don't so answer. That's coming. Those, I mean, that's one of those behind the scenes things that people don't realize. They have to suddenly get in this mode of how do I keep these right. gems of people here or how do I help them with their career and move on to something better? And I think that's one of the things that we do really well is it's all about the person as well. So if the best opportunity for them is to move to another team and set their own course mm -hmm. and have a promotion and do their own thing, we're not adverse to that as well on the baseball side or, or on the business That's side. That's rare in pro sports. Because I think it shows loyalty as yeah. well. And so if people know that you're looking out for them for their best interest here, but also for their best interest potentially somewhere else, they're more loyal when they're here and they talk well about you when they're there as well. That word spreads. Yeah, that loyalty spreads. And that cycle is a virtuous cycle. And it, 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 it may not, you may not see it you know, right today, but it pays off tomorrow and next year and the year after and so on. And that's one of the things that I've never been in an organization before. And so baseball was the first sports organization I was in when I came really? here. I've never been in an organization before that does as much for their, their people when they're there, but also encourages them to have a life beyond it and look out for their best interests, even maybe not being there, right? So, so now when you, when you talk about that, you talk about commitment, right? Yeah. So the commitment to, to the organization and your your people who make up the organization. Yeah. You, you talk, talk to us about the commitment from the Guardians to the city of Cleveland, mm -hmm. where it's going. I know you've got this big uh, uh, state and renovation project coming on. Yeah. And the things you're doing to, to make sure that the Guardians are on good footing here and the community is in, 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 in getting a good return on its investment. Yeah, good question. I appreciate you asking that. Um, we, you know, we finalized a new lease with uh, the city of Cleveland, Cuyahoga County, and, and the state of Ohio in December. And it runs through. It's a 15-year lease with two five-year options, right? Okay, so great. we're here for we're we're here for um, you know it was actually added on 13 years to our lease, so we're here through at least I think 2035. Right. And then there's there's two five-year options after that. There was never a world we ever wanted to imagine ourselves not here. Um, that was incredibly important for us to be at Cleveland. And the first, you know, the, the word Cleveland on, the, on everybody's shirts is that's what it's about. And we want the Guardians to be part of here for another hundred years. Our commitment is to deliver, I mean, our, our mission is pretty clear, right? Win the World Series and deliver a compelling fan experience. Which is one of the things that I love about this organization is, is I can always, it's very easy for me to, to tie the things that I do to one or both of those two things. Mm -hmm. Win baseball games, win a World Series, have people come to our park, enjoy themselves and come back. It's pretty simple. Um, we have a commitment to the city and to the Cuyahoga County and Northeast Ohio to continue to do the things to allow those things to happen. One of those is to modernize the ballpark. So through that lease, um, we have a private public endeavor where we're going to do a ton of renovations over the next three years. You're going to start to see them probably not until the, the 24 season. We'll start knocking things down and building new things after next season, so a year from now. But as you know, a ton of planning ongoing right now. A lot of design work. I think hopefully maybe a month from now we'll start to kind of show some pretty pictures and, and show what it's going to look like and so on. And along the way, we need to do it the right way. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's always a, a regular and justified conversation about how do you use private and public money and make sure that it's not just for baseball games, but it's, it's done in a diverse and inclusive and equitable way. So how do we ensure that there's the right level of participation from our community, from small businesses, from large businesses, from medium-sized businesses, of people of all types and colors and shapes and sizes? so that what we do can be a blueprint for these types of things going forward. Because there's going to be more teams and more organizations who are looking for contracts and dollars and leases and so on in the future. And if we can be a little bit of a blueprint or a solution kit to do that right, that's, that'll be a good thing. So the Guardians are yeah. taking a, a yeah. different stance on this on future construction project. You're trying to make sure that there's uh, equity and inclusion out here, mm -hmm. that you give all entities that can participate in the process a, an opportunity to participate not just on this project, but hopefully springboard into other projects in the county and the city of Cleveland. Yeah. And I think you guys are talking about how deliberate you guys are being with it. Yeah, we're trying to be as intentional about it as possible. One of the things we realized early on was we're going to do this project and then it's going to end. And so we'll do our best to make it the most inclusive project during that period of time, but we won't have really succeeded if it's not a value for the next project or the next 10 projects, or the next 20 projects. There isn't a great blueprint in Cleveland now or, or in a lot of cities for how to do it right necessarily. So we're trying to help build that blueprint. And there's a lot of you know, great folks in Mayor Bibb's organization right now. Um, Council President Blaine Griffin is working a lot right now on trying to build that blueprint. If we can be a little bit, a little part of that for how you spend this money, because it's a lot of money. I mean, we realize this is a ton of money. How you spend it right so that it helps going forward. Because this project's going to end, right? In the 2025 season, we'll probably be done with all these projects. But for the next project, the next 100 projects over that, if we can show what it means to get small businesses, small diverse businesses, 
um, ready to bid on a project, right? Understand what it means to get certified. Understand what it means to get small amounts of capital to get bonded to participate in a project. Mm -hmm. They may not work on our projects at all. In fact, there's a good chance a lot won't. But if it helps them for the next project, we've done something right. And so helping to build that blueprint is a big part of what we're doing. It's part of our community benefits plan. Um, we just met, Mayor, you were there. At, we have a community review group. We met last week for the first time every few months from people from all over the city and government positions and non-governmental positions to say, give us feedback. Because we don't 100% know what we're doing here, but we need to hear what the right way is to do it so we can learn and learn and learn and get better at it. And hopefully when the project is done, somebody else learns from that as well. And from that, you could talk about, because you're, you're building an ultimate fan experience. And so I know when Bobby walked in, I asked, okay, Bobby, how many tickets you got left <laughs> over here? Right, because everybody wants this ticket. So talk about yeah. the, well, we still what have it looks few, like this We weekend. still have a few for Friday and Saturday and a little bit more. Uh, for Sunday, most people think we're sweeping, so they they haven't bought into Sunday yet. I guess. Best, I hope so. Best two out of three. It's. Uh, um, How is it shaping out right now? Tampa. It, it, yeah. I, we think we, we're playing Tampa. Tampa. We were talking yeah. last week. That was the one team I don't want to see. <laughs> yeah. Because oh. it's like the Spider-Man meme where they're he's looking at himself. <laughs> they're kind of built in the image yeah. of the Guardians. They 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 spend their money very wisely. Yep. Um, Kevin and Tito, it's like watching you know two chess masters yep. play a game at a higher level. Kevin's, and all three of yeah. those games, now they didn't mean anything to us, but they were all one-run games. Right. Two of them were extra innings. Mm -hmm. I think a Tampa-Cleveland series would be riveting. Is going to be great baseball. Settle in. The, the difference yeah. between in right. us, yeah. yeah. The difference between us is um, our starting pitching is so much better than theirs, but in a short series. You can go with guys who are only throwing three innings and, right. and get Kevin, out of Kevin there. will do bull. He can yeah. do bullpen games for all three if for he wanted po, to. The whole postseason for and the he'd likely, first series. Right? I imagine he likely would. Yeah, I would think the way their um, rotation isn't as solid as right. ours. Um, no, there's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Kevin Cash is sitting in Tampa because of Tito. Absolutely. There's no question yeah. about that. Kevin would be the first to tell you that. Um, terrific guy. We just did a little internal thing honoring Tito quietly um, with just the baseball group and then a few of us uh, uh, honoring him for being the franchise's all-time winningest manager. And one of the reasons we waited until Tampa came to town is so that Kevin could be a part of it and say a few words. That's nice. And uh, we flew Brad Mills in. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, his best friend, his college roommate, um, they were both freshmen on the University of Arizona's baseball team together and have been best friends ever since. And Millsy, you know, has been his bench coach everywhere and other than the stint when he was managing the Astros. Um, but we are, we're in a good spot good. ticket-wise. We just need to get over that hump. And uh, we don't sell SRO until all the seats are sold. So right. people need to... If you're holding off, just wanting to wait for an SRO, that doesn't happen. I told I told seat. some buddies that over the weekend. I said, look, look, because they said, yeah, we're going to get them next week. And I go, you better not wait, because if you if you wait, yeah. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. But um, when I was over there last week, I, I was asking around about the ticket sales, right. and they were brisk and they were good at the point. Yeah. A lot of people are going to wait until late next week or late this week, and they're you're you're going to have to watch the games on television. <laughs> If, if being in the stadium is important, and most baseball fans would much rather be there, right. don't wait because you're going to get locked out. Friday is going to be way too late to do this. And God, I want to thank you guys for coming in. Yeah. Thank you for um, having us. Appreciate it. Thanks we we love the sport. We do. Yeah, I know we, you we do. try to push it all yeah. we can. And what we constantly get pushed back in is, but this is a Brownstown. This is a Brownstown. <laughs> okay, fine. I waved the white flag on it's a Brownstown. But right now... The Browns are 2-2 two and two and underperforming, and we've got a team that isn't just overperforming by the organization standards. Right. This team, and I know because I talk to folks with other organizations, is the envy of Major League Baseball, and you could say they're the envy of professional sports. How you guys do what you do with what you have to work with is some sort of magic act, but keep it up and keep pulling those rabbits out of the hat, and who knows what happens when you get to October. Well, it's going to be a hell of a ride. Thank you. It certainly is going to be fun. It is. Bobby, Neil, thank you very much. Yeah, we're going to take you. a quick Appreciate break. Hey, hey, we're, not, we're not going to break. We're not going to break. I want to promote the fact that we are going to do a playoff post-game oh, Guardian show. Yes. So after the Guardians game, we'll have a, at the final out, G. Bush, Earl, and 
some other people maybe will be uh, involved with that. I want to thank Curtis. And do you want, instead of breaking, do you have a final take you have to do, Jason? Do you have a final take no, you have to do? I, not, not no, I have let's, to. let's no. say goodbye. Let's just, there's no point in breaking it. All right, very good. Minutes, yep. so. I mean, I was going to basically, my final take was going to be what I just said. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I wanted to plead to the fans. I, I know people say it's a football town. Okay, it's a baseball town, too. Yep. Uh, my dad used to tell me stories of how he would go to the old stadium, and I used to go to the old stadium, and there'd be, you know, a vendor for every fan. There was, you know, <laughs> 5,000, 6,000 fans there. Uh, but my dad was a fan in the 40s and 50s, and he'd say, coming to the game was was a privilege. You know, and, and it was most games when he would come, it was packed. Yep. So I, can, I know that our population has dwindled, and I know that our, our economics – as it pertains to other cities, may not be what it can, but it's still the best bargain in town. You can get tickets at a bargain price. You don't have to pay for the, if you think the food's too expensive, eat a meal before you come. You don't have to eat at the stadium, but support this baseball team because if there's a team in town that deserves your support, it's this Let one. Let me tell you real quick. I was, I covered NBA finals in the, at the Quicken Loans Arena at the right. time, now Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, the Browns, whatever. There is nothing more magical than a sold-out progressive field absolutely rocking for a play. I, I will stand by that. And I am with you step for step. I mean, the, the queue is loud, and it's a great environment. It's a lot of fun. And maybe it's just because I'm a child. I was a teenager in early 20s and then through, through the great 90s runs. Mm-hmm. There's something magical about progressive field when that place is packed and rocking. Yeah. It's a good, good time. Can, I'm looking forward to it. Can I say, do your players, do they know – What's about to happen this weekend? Do you? Do well, you no, know? they don't because they, there's 17 yeah. rookies yeah. and they've been playing in front of 10,000 people. It's, so they're going to see what happens. It's yeah. pretty funny when they, they you can yeah. see them sit around Sandy mm-hmm. and they'll ask them some questions okay. about because they look up and they see this place was sold out every day of your whole career that you played here and he's like well not my whole career but most of it (laughs) and it was ridiculous that when we walked out on the field 7-10 game we purposefully went out at 10 to 6 instead of 6-10 to warm up because it was already packed and you just got the adrenaline felt the energy and people screaming from you know a half hour before the game he said if we didn't allow people in at that time um, to watch our guys hit because right. they hit first. But the visiting team would hit in front of 20,000 fans. <laughs> yeah. oh, wow. And they incredible. all would walk around like, I want to play here. And by the way, the stadium's capacity was much bigger 43. than 42. It was yeah, much bigger yeah, back then. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah, um, October baseball is, again. for my money, it's, it's the best thing in all totally sports. Agree. And we're yep. blessed and we're lucky enough to have it. And please enjoy it because there's never a guarantee that it's going to happen every single year. I know with Tito, we're getting spoiled. Exactly. Uh, but uh, what what a man. I don't even want to let myself think about that. But uh, we're counting victories from, from here on out. Guys, thank you very much. Thank, thank, you, thank you. Thank you guys thank for watching the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We're on a 22-hour break. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk much more about Guardians. We'll talk about the Browns. And hopefully this football team is going to figure it out sooner than later. See you tomorrow. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us.